What's going on, sports fans? Got another good one for you today. Today, we're going to be talking about them Carolina Panthers and that shutout that they pitched yesterday. But before we get into that, just want to go over a few things I saw this weekend that I found pretty interesting. So let's get into it. First things first, Joe Burrow is out for the rest of the season with what is believed to be a torn ACL. Really sucks for the Bengals, just not a good situation all around. You hate to see a young prospect like Joe Burrow, who's looked really good in his first season, go down. But he's not really a quarterback that is very reliant on his mobility. So I think he'll come back. He'll be fine. He'll be just as good or even better than he was this next season, hopefully better. And um, I'm really excited to see what he does. does suck that we now know most likely that Justin Herbert will win Rookie of the Year. I was kind of looking forward to that race being close between the two of them. I actually felt Joe Burrow had the advantage going into this week, but as the season progresses, as long as Justin Herbert doesn't get hurt, I think that uh, he'll, he'll win. Um, other takeaways from that game, though, are the Bengals lost 20-9 to to the Redskins. That means that every team in the NFC East has three wins, and the only reason the Eagles are ahead of those other three teams is because they tied with the Bengals in Week 3. Now, in my previous podcast, I talked about how I thought that the Eagles were going to run away with that division after their bye week. Well, that has not happened, and that was contingent on Carson Wentz getting better as the season progressed. Doug Peterson talked about dumbing down the offense for him so the reads were easier, said he was kind of flustered, and they were trying to make it easier on him. Well, I don't know if they didn't do that or not, but Carson Wentz has looked awful. It has not been good. He's probably one of the worst, if not the worst, starting quarterback in the league right now. Yeah, I said it. I think Andy Dalton is playing a is playing better football than him right now, and whoever other bad starters you want to throw out there, I think they're playing better than Carson Wentz. He's a turnover machine. He's just looked really bad. And so I don't think the Eagles are going to win that division. I think the other three teams have a shot, um, have a better shot than the Eagles. And, yes, even the Cowboys, the team I was hating on tremendously when I made that podcast, I think they have a better shot at winning that division than the Eagles because the Eagles – They've honestly gotten worse since I've made that, and I didn't think that was possible because that division is just bad. I think whatever team we get out of that division, they're not going to be you know, fun to watch necessarily, but I think right now if i got to shift my pick to someone else, it's, it's going to be the Giants. They haven't lost very many games by large margins. Um, I think Daniel Jones is the best quarterback in that division. But the other two are not far behind them. Um, I really like what Washington's doing. Gibson at running back. Alex Smith, who's a proven winner um, before his uh, leg injury, is kind of coming into his own. He's kind of he's not like old Alex Smith, but he's not making stupid plays. And honestly, to win the NFC East, you just need a game manager. Um, which the Cowboys even have. They got Andy Dalton back, so it'll be interesting to watch down the stretch. But I like. I don't think the Eagles got a chance, to be honest with you. really don't. Um, in other news, the Saints, uh, they got it done with Taysom Hill at quarterback. I'm going to be honest with you. I was skeptical when they came out and said that Taysom Hill was going to be the starter going into this week. I thought for sure it was going to be Jameis Winston. I was really looking forward to seeing Jameis Winston start in an NFL football game again, but we didn't get to see it. Um, it worked for the Saints, though. They beat 
the Falcons 24-9. Taysom Hill had two rushing touchdowns. That was my only problem with it, though, the fact that Taysom Hill isn't really a thrower. He had like 200-some passing yards, which isn't bad. He didn't have a horrible completion percentage, but like it just it just worried me. And it was probably me being a little biased because not that I'm a Jameis Winston fan in any way. I just really loved the comeback story, and I felt like that was Jameis Winston's time to shine, especially because he's been reading the Falcons' defense um, for like six years now. Although he did throw a lot of interceptions against them, he's seen the defense, which is which is uh, an advantage in itself. But the the Saints didn't need him. They got it done 24-9. And, yeah, I don't know um, if it would have worked against the better team with Taysom Hill at quarterback because, like I said, I don't – we haven't seen him throw, so I don't know how good of a passer he is. And I know Jameis Winston is a talented passer. He's just had other things holding him back, particularly his judge, his judgment – and I think mentoring under Drew Brees right now has really helped him. It helped Teddy Bridgewater a tremendous amount. So I, that's why I wanted to see him, but we didn't get to see him. Um, and the Saints don't really play any good teams going ahead. Talked about it last podcast. So I, I think that they'll be fine with Taysom at the starter. Um, but they do play the Chiefs in four weeks now. Don't think Drew Brees will be back. He has 11 fractured ribs now. Or it's came out that he has 11 fractured ribs. So I don't think he'll be back for that game. And um, I think that they will get themselves in trouble with whoever their starting quarterback is. Because the Chiefs, they are just a really good team. They beat the Raiders on Sunday Night Football. That was an amazing game to watch. Always is when you have two powerful offenses like those two teams do. The Chiefs were down... Well, they ended up winning the game 35-31, avenging their loss from Week 5 when they lost to the Raiders 40-32. to But they were down 28-31 to with 1 minute and 43 seconds left in that game. Now you got to think it's the Chiefs. They're going to go down, kick a field goal. It's going to go overtime. Nope, forget that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes drives the Chiefs down the field, hits Travis Kelsey twice on the drive, ends the drive with a 22-yard touchdown to Travis Kelsey. And they go up 35-31 with 28 seconds left on the clock. Like, how can you beat this team? I get the Raiders did it, and I get this game was close. But when they're that loaded, they have so many weapons on that team. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Le'Veon Bell, McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, and Sammy Watkins when he's healthy. Like, that team is stacked. And now some of those guys are Patrick Mahomes making them look good, and some of those guys make... Um, Patrick Mahomes look good, but like to collectively, that team is just it's insane, and it's hard to fathom that a team can beat them. I get the Raiders have competed with them both times, and they're only one they're one and one against them. It's not like the Chiefs ran away ran away with the series, but I think teams that don't have offense like the Raiders, it's something about John Gruden's offense and that Raiders team that really like challenges the Chiefs. I we've all, we haven't seen many other teams do that the the Panthers did it a couple weeks ago but I mean they had to pull out all the stops like fake punts onside kicks all that type of stuff and they still lost now granted the Raiders didn't do that if they did they might have came away with the win but if the Chiefs like I said I if they don't run into the Raiders in the playoffs 
they they're likely looking at another Super Bowl. I get the Steelers are ten and zero, but I just don't think their offense is high powered enough to hang with the Kansas City Chiefs because the Chiefs can literally put up point a touchdown on you in a minute, a minute. Now, granted, they don't do that every time. Sometimes they punt the ball, rarely, but they do. Um, but that that team's so dang good. And I, I don't I don't see them getting stopped, especially when it comes to the playoffs and they get Sammy Watkins back as long as they stay healthy. You know, all it's all their success is contingent on them being healthy. Not that one player makes or breaks that team. If Patrick Mahomes goes down, they're they're done. But like if a receiver like Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill goes down, they'll be fine. Um, in other news, Tua got benched against Denver, which really sucks for that team because um, they were on a five-game winning streak. I expected them to go in there, roll Denver, keep on keep it moving until they played the Chiefs, but it didn't go that way. I'm not really worried about Tua. He's, he's a rookie. This is his third game starting. I don't expect him to have great games every um, game, but it, it just sucked to see a team that was rolling like that uh, lose, and now where they had a chance to tie Buffalo for the lead in the division. Now they're one game behind again. And uh, they still got a chance at uh, winning the division, but I think I think their uh, chances um, dropped drastically because they couldn't get it done against Denver. So moving on to our main topic, how about those Carolina Panthers? What an amazing game they played yesterday. Beat the Detroit Lions 20-0, moved to 4-7, and seven, and they snapped a five-game losing streak. Now, that five-game losing streak was to a couple good opponents. They did lose to the Bears and the Falcons during that. Not such good opponents, but they also lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They lost to the um, New Orleans Saints, and they lost to the Chiefs, three teams that are contenders for the Super Bowl. And they competed with the Saints and the... Um, Chiefs, not not with Tampa. They, for some reason, Tampa has their number. Don't know why, because they compete with teams on the same level. They just can't get it done against Tampa. But that's besides the point. They snap a five-game losing streak despite Teddy Bridgewater being sidelined, Christian McCaffrey being sidelined. Like they just had a lot of cards stacked against them. And Detroit was looking at like a playoff spot. They're honestly in the hunt, and they're still in the hunt even after this loss. But they were they were really in the thick of it going into this game. So I really thought this game was going to go the complete other way. Um, I did not see a shutout happening. I felt that both offenses were good enough to put points on the board. I mean, it's the National Football League. You don't see shutouts very often, even when the worst team is going against the best defense in the league. I, I firmly believe that the Jets could put up points on the Chicago Bears. So... To, to see the Panthers, who's known for whose team is known for the defense holding them back, pitch a shutout was was amazing. Um, DJ Moore had a really good game, seven receptions for 127 yards, and had one rush for 21 yards. And then PJ Walker, although he threw two picks in the red zone, I felt he didn't play bad. You know, when you see a quarterback through two interceptions, especially in the red zone, you're like, dang. He had a bad game, but I really didn't think he had a bad game. He had his first pass, especially for his first start, he had his first passing touchdown in the corner of the end zone to Curtis Samuel. He was wide open, so it wasn't really a hard throw, but, I mean, he made the throw. He didn't miss it. Carson Wentz would have missed it, I guarantee you that. 
And then, like, he did enough to get the Panthers a win, which I feel like is the most important thing. Not that he had to do much because that defense was on fire, but but he did enough. Um, he was 24 for 34, 258 passing yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Not not a great stat line, but for your first start, I think it's fine. Not that P.J. Walker is our our guy going forward or the Panthers guy going forward. Um, I think Teddy Bridgewater has that job on lock. But if Teddy Bridgewater falls off a cliff, gets hurt again, whatever, I, I think the Panthers are in pretty good, you know, standing with a backup. I feel like P.J. Walker is really good. He didn't win XFL MVP for no reason. The guy's not a scrub. He can, he can play football, and um, we, we saw it today. Um, the defense came to play, though. That's, that's really the main story of this game. They pitched a shutout. They had five sacks, 11 quarterback hits, and a forced fumble. I mean, they just teed off on Matthew Stafford, and it really wasn't like they were getting pressure on him earlier in the game, but late in the game when um, Detroit was just trying to get something to happen, when they started to fall apart, I mean, the Panthers poured it on them. Um, Matthew Stafford, who was already hurt going into that game, had a thumb injury. He just got beat up on even more. And, uh, and I honestly feel bad for the Lions because they couldn't get it together at the end of that game. They had lots of stupid penalties down the, down the stretch. They had uh, two offsides penalties, like, in a row. And then on a field goal, they roughed the kicker, like, it, it was just, it was really bad, and the field goal missed. So then the Panthers got another shot, and Joey Sly made it. Like and then they missed a fifty. Then they had a fifty-one yard touchdown called back because of an illegal formation. They missed a fifty-one yard field goal. It was it was just not the Lions' day. The, anything that could go wrong for them went wrong. You know the saying, "When it rains, it pours," was very true today. The the Lions, they, they, they couldn't do anything against the Carolina Panthers. It was either the Carolina Panthers' day or it just wasn't the Lions' day. Either way, the game was clear-cut. You knew who the winner was. Panthers left, no doubt. It was honestly sad to see because Detroit came to that game with playoff hopes. Um, they were right in the thick of it. They were third in their division, but, I mean, they have Chicago in front of them who hasn't won a game in four or five weeks. I, th- I think five weeks or f- five or four weeks. That that doesn't matter. Anyway, Chicago's playing really bad. Detroit was kind of like gaining some momentum. And looking at their schedule, they're like, well, we play the three and seven Panthers and we play Houston on Thanksgiving. So they had a, a really good shot at getting into the playoff picture. And they're only two games out of the seventh uh, spot for the playoffs right now. So like... All hope is not lost. This team is still a contender to make it to the playoffs. But it, their road just got a lot tougher because they dropped a game that a lot of people thought they should have won. And then they have a short week against the Houston Texans that I might add looked pretty good against the the um, the Patriots. Not that the Patriots are a good team. Um, they have their own struggles. That's That's another episode, but... And I am a Deshaun Watson fan, I won't lie. So there's a little bias there. But I really do think the Texans um, have a shot at winning that game, and it doesn't help that Detroit's on a short week after being shut out. Um, But moving on from the Detroit side of things, if we look at the Panthers side of things, they're 4-7 and now, 
And you look at their season. They started 0-2. They went on a three-game winning streak. Then went on a five-game losing streak. And now they're 4-7. and seven. This, is, this is where they're at. And this is my like take on them right now. They, they aren't there yet, right? This is the coaching staff's first year. We, I, I don't think anyone went into this season expecting the Panthers to be really good. I'm sure people actually expected them to be worse. A lot of people had them projected to take Trevor Lawrence, so they had them at the worst team in football or the second, third, worst, whatever. But but they're not that. They have a like legitimate offense. The coaching staff, whose first year... I love how they're not scared. They take risks. They go for it on fourth down a lot. They, they're they not afraid to do a surprise onside kick. They're not afraid to do fake punts. They're not afraid to go for it on fourth down. They're not afraid to, to go out there and let Joey Sly try to break the field goal record. Like I love coaching staffs that take risks like that, and the Panthers coaching staff is doing that. And I really think the only thing that is holding them back is inexperience. And the fact that not not necessarily for the coaching staff, but for the players, the defense is super young. They 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 did what had never been done before, and they drafted seven players, all defense in the draft. And for the most part, those players have really worked out. Derek Brown has looked good. Um, Gross Matos, the defensive end from Penn State, has looked great. Or not great, but he's looked good for for second round talent. Jeremy Chen, what a steal he was. He's turned out to be phenomenal. Um, so the defense has kind of come together, and, and they waited till the end of the draft to kind of address the secondary, and that's kind of where the weakness is. But I, I can't blame them for that because going into that draft, they had the worst run defense in the NFL. So you had to address that. I feel like the run defense has gotten much better. And Kwan Short's out. If he comes back, if the Panthers bring him back, the Panthers get even better on the run defense. So I think this next draft, they're going to go hopefully address the holes in the secondary because I feel like there's a lot there. And plus injuries, Dante Jackson's been hurt. So there, there's a lot of factors playing in that. But I think if, you, if you're if you a Panthers fan or you watch a Panthers game, you can agree they, they need someone in the secondary. They need a playmaker. Um, Dante Jackson would be a great number two corner. I don't think he's a true number one. Like you can't line him up on Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, D Hop. And like he'll have some success against them, but like I, I want a guy that's gonna like lock not like keep those guys at you know, no yards or under ten yards. We're not talking about Darrell Revis here, but we're talking about like a, a really good corner. Um, so hopefully the Panthers can get that in this next draft. And if not, hopefully they can address the offensive line. Not that the offensive line, um, they didn't play bad today. They only allowed one sack and one quarterback hit, but I feel like they, they, the offensive line could definitely use some work. Although some guys that they've drafted or picked up this off season have came in and played well, um, with Russell O'Kung, uh, being out. So I think that the fact that they have such little holding them back that this team can make really big leaps in the in the coming years. Um, I see them being legitimate Super Bowl contenders in in two to three years, maybe even less. And it really just depends on how fast those young guys that they have on defense right now progress. Because the offense is set that. That offense that they have, other than the fact that the coaching staff, Joe Brady and Matt Roll and a lot of those other guys, that it's their like 
first year in the league, like they're set. They they can score points on pretty much anyone in the league, and it, it's it's pretty impressive that a team that has such a bad record, four and seven, that has such a good offense, and it just tells you that you need a balanced team to to be able to compete. And all the best teams in the league have balanced teams, so it makes sense. But I'm really excited. I really do believe they can be contenders because um, offense is there. Like I said, the offense is there. They have a contender on offense. They just need to get the rest of the team there. And I'm giving it a two- to three-year timeline, but it's really just contingent on how long it takes those players to catch up to that offense because, you know, if they can catch up in a year, you could see the Panthers going deep in the playoffs next year. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit because that team – has all the assets in the world to be able to do that and compete with really good teams in the playoffs. Um, but th- but that's that's it for today. Um, I appreciate y'all listening. Um, give us a follow on Spotify, and I will see you guys next time on the Blitz.